You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. So I know we touched on on this particular topic before um, when... I think when we were setting up one of the interviews with um, one of the episodes we did with Andy Galp and talking about how, um, oh no, actually it was uh, Lane Norton. When when Lane was on with uh, Dom D'Agostino, yeah. Rogan was hitting the point over and over again about how uh, it shouldn't matter that you, uh, that, that a diet is particularly easy for you to stick to personally. You should be able to, with self-discipline, do whatever. Yeah, it seemed like Rogan was trying to figure out what diet is best. And then that's clearly what everyone should do. Yeah. Right? And then they kept saying, well, they can't stick to it. There is no best diet. And he said, well, because they like discipline. Right? And with everything, right, uh, being compliant to a plan, whether the plan is optimal or not, as long as it's kind of close to optimal, you'll probably have better results than not being compliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is obviously the main discussion uh, with diet in the diet world. And I think that's a whole nother topic. And we've covered it a little bit with yeah. nutritionists where you're kind of talking about, you know, yes, calories in versus calories out for weight loss or weight gain. There's different things you can manipulate in the fat, carbs, and timing for performance depending yeah. on the sport and goal. And everyone has this, is snowflake effect a real thing, right? Is that a term or did I make that up? Snowflake effect, right? Where everyone thinks they're so goddamn special and they need oh, you this yeah, unique yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I'm anti-snowflake in so many ways. And the same way that people say like uh, training or nutrition, like, well, you know, but then there's individual differences. Yeah. Uh, there's individual differences, I think, only on this topic, diet, nutrition, of what you can digest, mm-hmm. what fits your lifestyle mentally. These are all like mental, like personality mm-hmm. traits they're not like our physiologies are yeah they're different you have fucking blue eyes and i have fucking poop brown eyes mm-hmm. it's all the same right like it's so different it's so similar mm-hmm. the difference lies in in our personalities and our lifestyles yeah so when people are talking about the snowflake effect for training or whatever everyone thinks they like well i need you know i need close grip bench because my triceps yeah. fire at a hundred yeah. me- no fuck you like you need that because you know the, the the thing you can adapt in your training or nutrition is based on the other bullshit you're doing. You're staying out later than most people. You're mm. drinking more beer than most people. Mm. Uh, your stomach can't handle gluten. It is a real thing. Mm. Is it as common as we think? Probably not. But your stomach can't handle that. Your stomach can't handle dairy. Whatever it might be. Yeah. That's when we can start to get individualized. And I think that's you know that's where I really like Lane and a lot of these pros, Andy, and a lot of these guys are talking about those things because it's what. Andy even mentioned on our intermittent fasting uh, episode that he gave a client, basically professional fighter, intermittent fasting because he knew it would help her confidence. Right. Not even help the diet. But he and said, they, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do intermittent fasting. And the and the level of confidence actually made a difference in the uh, – I turn the, I turned the camera back on, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Oh nope, I I didn't. Um, yeah, so Andy ga- gave uh, uh, his 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 professional fighting client said yes, do intermittent fasting to give her more confidence to f- be more compliant. Right. Not because intermittent fasting is going to make her lose weight or make her weight cut or whatever it is. And so, um, and it, that goes with all these things. You're not a freaking snowflake. It, it, 
I, I'm actually like, and because for such a long time, and I think it's it's hard, it's so hard because it's all money driven. Online, YouTube, Instagram, these people started bashing cookie cutter programs uh, because like, oh, well, you need the individual attention. You need to pay me $500 where they can get a good template for free or 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of people, except for the extreme elite or the extreme example, mm-hmm will work very well with a quote-unquote cookie-cutter program or a quote-unquote cookie-cutter uh, diet. My fitness pal is a genius. Yeah. It, it does your diet for you, and it could help so many people if they just follow it. It's yeah. literally like a free Weight Watchers. Yeah, yeah. And it works. Yeah. It literally works. Um, and so we're ranting, but we're talking discipline. Yeah. How do you build it? Can you do it? Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what a coach is for, is trying to... But I, I kind of agree with Rogan, too. <laughs> I'm kind of torn on the topic. Because I do think... Because it goes into work. It goes into, obviously, gym stuff, nutrition stuff. And what we talk about yeah. is nutrition stuff. I, but, but like, just go to... Just fucking work harder. Like, like people, you know, are yelling about taxes and yelling about money and yelling about... I'm not making... Like, just fucking work harder. Just fucking figure it out yourself. I, I am a little bit with Rogan with that. Like, just g- g- grab your parts, man or mm. woman, and fucking go <laughs> do it. Uh, having uh, had a preliminary discussion with our guest, uh, Dr. Matt Johnson, about this, he said, I don't feel comfortable talking about the diet thing, but I don't see the diet the diet discipline and training dis- discipline to be different things and, like, life discipline. But I know that, that there's a lot of individual variation. And, like, um, say what with this show, there's probably – there's always more that can, we could be doing. Sure. You know, there's always more. And then you have to find where the happy medium is – between it completely becoming your life and it um, uh, being good, good enough, yeah, efficient, s- efficient, successful, all that kind of stuff. There's yeah, a, yeah. there's a, there's a spectrum in there somewhere, and I think all of us have, in the course of of every day, there are additional things that we could be doing, sure, that could improve the quality of our life or make us more money or whatever, whatever, whatever. And for whatever reason, we decide to do other things, right. Some of the time. That's where I would, uh, the only thing I'd push back on is I do think for a lot of people, the training part's so much easier than the nutrition because they enjoy it. But then I'm sure there's a small percentage. There's a small percentage of nutrition people that love eating fucking dry chicken and salad, right? We have a friend, Robot, who was a training partner for a long time. Like he loved eating salted broccoli and dry chicken. Yeah, super bland. And so he just didn't care. Like maybe he didn't enjoy it, but he just didn't care. So the nutrition part for him was easy. It was easy as shit. Um, And so I think that's, individual basis yeah. again on what discipline and then same thing for some people i know some people that do our job that 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 can't put a podcast out a week no just, you know and so there, this thing's scaled yeah. where you and i have no issue putting out a podcast a week it's no. potentially networking or extra emails or whatever that like like you said especially with a job and you work for yourself there's always something you can be doing and yeah. that's kind of like the double-edged sword of working for yourself is the potential is Bigger than anything, because mm-hmm. we can do anything. We can do anything, and you can work twenty four hours. And but what is efficient? What is optimal? What's going to get you paid? And then on the opposite scale, like, do you just not have discipline? Are you doing nothing? Are you just now making mm-hmm. excuses to not network, to not film the next episode? Why isn't there an episode mm-hmm. a week out? Why isn't there a YouTube video a week out? Why isn't there an Instagram post? Whatever. Um, and I, I don't know. I guess for me. Food discipline is probably my hardest. I know we're not going to talk on that one as much from the expert, but again, because I love food, I like to, 
And that's why I work for myself too, though, because I love my work. I like to podcast. Right mm-hmm. after this, I'm going home. I have one more meeting, and then I'm Twitch podcasting uh, with yeah. Connor. You know, like I just love talking to people. I love creating mm-hmm. content. I like, I like hearing the feedback from from uh, you know the viewers that that they say enjoyed it or they learned something or that it made them smile or made them laugh. Like that's what I want to do. I want to help people in whatever ways, knowledge mm-hmm. or entertainment. So then I do it all the time, and I'm lucky enough to call it work. So that discipline is built in for me in a way but i don't love cardio i don't love eating well and so then for me i just have to build habits and that's where my discipline because that's a common question we get right Mm -hmm. mike how are you so motivated or how are you so disciplined or how do you do things you don't want to do or how do you you know i I don't i I mean yeah you have to like one it's just being a freaking adult Mm -hmm. right doing shit you don't want to do as part of being an adult right part of any business like yes i work for myself and 70 percent of things I do, I get to choose and I want to do. 30%, I still have to file for a business license. My taxes are more of a headache than your taxes. Mm -hmm. There's more shit I don't want to do as well. But for me, I just build habits. And once I build habits, then there's no real need for motivation or discipline in my point of view. Yeah, you just do what's what's in front of you. This is just what I do. Yeah, and I think that when when we were talking to Ramsey, I'm pointing to the place where he was sitting. Uh, and I think that uh, there's a possibility that this episode may come out um, considerably after we've had Ramsey on, but uh, with the Sacramento Kings, he, what when he was talking about players and the work that they put in, he was talking about the exemplary ones. Right. He was talking about the top level. He wasn't saying that everybody performs at the same level. He was also not saying that there are people who were just not doing anything either, but he was saying that some people are kind of going above and beyond. And I guess that, that's another Another question, I guess, relative to discipline, like, is it, uh, are these people so focused, so monomaniacal, as they say, about about success yeah. that they are always checking all the boxes? I think that's, I'd like to think that's me in some sense, you know, like I was on a, I mentioned a couple times a, a popular Twitch podcast and I was talking to Andy Milanakis, for those yeah. that don't know, on MTV, like this guy. And we're going back and forth. And I just kind of gave an observation that maybe it was almost, looking back on it, I probably insulted some people. I didn't mean to. But I just said, I said, I found that like, Twitch streamers, and I followed the crowd pretty heavily for three years or so. I was like, I find like maybe they're not as entrepreneurial or not hardworking, but they don't, they're not as creative as what I'd find YouTubers to be. Because YouTubers, they get a following and then they're already trying to monetize everything. Maybe the opposite to an extreme, right? But they're yeah. working. Yeah. And not that Twitch streamers don't work because they can't backpile content. They're constantly working, but they just don't do as much. And he's like, yeah, well, they don't have time. I was like, bro, they got time. And then I just kind of laid out the content I'm putting out. I was like, mm-hmm. bro, I'm putting out two YouTube videos on my own channel a week, one podcast, sometimes two with my other one, Mama's mm-hmm. Boys, mm-hmm. not currently, but sometimes. So two podcasts. Oh, mm-hmm. that was three podcasts three a week. Three podcasts, yeah. I'm streaming five days a week, over 40 hours. Plus yeah. I'm running Kaizen, my company. Plus I'm, I'm guest on Barber Brigade's YouTube channel. Plus, mm. I'm a guest on JK News. I was like, bro, there's a thousand hours a fucking month of my content on the internet. Like, yeah. And then even Andy, who uh, ran, produced, did his own. He's like, well, you're kind of a workhorse. And I was like, that's the thing. But yeah. I don't really see that either. I just see like I'm here in life, and I love my life, and I like it. But I want to be over there, and I think this is going to get me there. I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it is yeah the maniacal whatever or or or, or my hungriness to be. Uh, people to know me or or, or or to be successful or money or yeah. 
to be a pat on the back. Like I, when I went to basketball camps, all I ever wanted to do is be the hardest working kid so I could win MVP at that camp for mm-hmm. some coach I've never heard about. Mm-hmm. You know, like I went to one of the biggest camps in Northern California. The coach, everyone says he's a big coach. I've never heard of him. I'm in eighth grade. But all I want to do is him to hand me this stupid plastic trophy and tell me you're the best player at camp. That's all I ever wanted. So discipline to stay late to do drills or discipline mm-hmm. to dive on the ground or I don't know if discipline's there, but to work hard was never a question to me. Yeah, I... I I think that between the two of us, like we do, we know a lot of YouTube people, we know a lot of podcast people and stuff, but the reality is that most people haven't produced as much content in the last five years or six years as we have. Yeah, most people have. Yeah, yeah only only um, like what I like to think is my homies that fucking whip it out. You know, Bart, Omar, yeah. like those guys are constantly working, but there's plenty that don't treat they it like don't a job. Treat yeah. it like a job. Yeah. The other part of it too is that uh, to what extent is fear of failure? driving our discipline to do oh, this me stuff. for sure i think that's a lot of people <laughs> yeah. it's like if i don't check all these boxes it's almost like a superstition yeah yeah maybe. yeah, yeah. And I, it can be that way for me and if and if i miss something if i don't do something that i could have done yeah. and and things don't come out the way i want them to then i will blame that thing and then i'll blame myself and then it gets into a like endless downward spiral yeah. of uh, yeah and i don't know yeah i don't know how much of Success is driven by discipline or compliance and discipline obviously go together. But discipline's just such a word thrown out in the fitness industry and especially with the YouTube Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, model or world right now that I don't know where it sits and I don't necessarily even know the difference between like just doing what you do and hard work and discipline. Because I would never say, like, when I think discipline, you know, I think freaking martial arts. and mm-hmm. You know, you think, like, this mm-hmm. guy, kind of monk-like, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. No. But I don't think I'm not checking off boxes, and I also don't think I'm the guy that's just cruising under the radar either. Like, I think I'm the person, and this is all me judging myself, right? So I mm-hmm. might think of myself in a higher light than the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But uh, I think that I'm just getting shit done that I need to get to get to where I want to go. And that it's that simple for me. I never think about motivation. I never think about discipline. Yeah. I just think about time willing that I have to wake up. I have to get some kind of caffeine in because I like it. I have to go to the gym to get my cardio done because that cardio is going to allow me to speak and think better for the content I'm going to create the rest of the evening. Mm-hmm. And then from noon, whether we're here in this studio or I'm in my studio at home, I'm creating some kind of content again to hopefully help people with knowledge or with entertainment and then hopefully that's going to put me in a place on the internet to get a following where I make the money that I want to live the life I want. And that's that's just like as simple as it is in my head. I just do these things. Well, there you go. But I don't know if that's discipline. I don't know I what don't... the fuck it is either. It's a good question. And All then right. is it genetic or is it learned? Uh yeah. Or yeah. I like can... ner- I I or is it learned? Can you learn as old dog new trick? Maybe. Cuz I think parents and and I well I think that every self help book that ever, was ever published has some element of that can right. you improve yourself right thing you know the like seven habits of of highly effective people whatever all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff like that's probably the most common book out right now right probably ever or some it's, nature it, it's got to be of that one book. Of, yeah, yeah some kind of some kind of self help situation yeah we uh, part of this podcast is in is in uh, the self help category right. because we do talk about it some yeah yeah for sure you know. Um, Maybe more than some, and maybe maybe less than others. But anyway, let's talk to Dr. Matt Johnson and see what he his take on uh, on discipline is. Yeah. 
Yeah, because this actually bleeds into the next topic, um, which is about discipline and motivation and sort of internal motivation versus external motivation. The the people that we're talking about here that, that are going to the extremes, am I guessing wrong to say that they are more internally motivated toward toward making those kinds of, kinds of decisions? Um, so not necessarily. I mean, they could be externally motivated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, f- from the feedback that other people say, um, you know, wow, that's awesome. I can't believe you, d- you know, you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you, you've come so far or I would never guess you could do that. Or, um, so, you know, there could be external rewards for that too. Instagram um, likes. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it, it can fluctuate back and forth. Um, you know, it's not just one or the other. Um, although, you know, athletes, um, you know, oftentimes they have one that, that may drive them more than the other, but it's a combination of both. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know if this is in your ballpark or not, or if in any, anyone's ballpark to say because you know it might get deeper than you know fulfillment or success or what the you know the, what's the meaning of life. But is is there? I think a lot of people or the public may say, oh, being um, you know externally motivated is unhealthy. Like yeah. if you're just doing it for money, and like you said, I, I kind of uh, you know obviously your data and your experience is beyond mine, but I agree as an athlete and a coach, I think everyone is at least on the spectrum of a little bit of both. Like yeah, I'm doing it for me because I want to improve myself, and yeah, I'm doing it for me because I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm doing it for me because I want to do well. And yeah, man, like I don't record podcasts and build all this content and put my body through thrashing so people not to watch it. <laughs> right. Yes, I want people to watch it. And yeah, I love attention. I'm 1,000% attention seeker for every day I've been on this planet. So there's definitely, yeah, I would love to drive a Lamborghini up to my podcast instead of my current car. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, is one, you know, just stamped unhealthy? Because I feel like if you ask the public, if we went and on the street and took a survey, everyone would say like, yeah, money motivated is bad for you and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's a great question. Um, and it really depends on what the purpose is and what the ultimate goal is, you know. So, I mean, you know, they do projects to get um, people to exercise, you know, rewards, yeah. external rewards. You know, you get some amount of points, you get an iPod, uh, um, you get an iPhone. Um, and so... Um, or even the one that... that it, I'm sorry. Even the one that yeah. uh, that you you write them a check for five hundred dollars, and if you meet your goal, then they give you the five hundred dollars back. I think there's an app right now. Don't quote me, but I think there's an app that tracks your steps, like Fitbit or whatever, uh-huh. and it'll pay you like dollar per mile walked or something silly. Yeah, yeah. And people are just out there making change. Yeah. Well, so, so what we know about that is um, that can be helpful to get people started. Um, in general, we want it to be in the transition into something internal so that, and the way to do that is to help them or, um, or hopefully they start noticing other things such as, oh, wow, I feel better after I exercise or mm-hmm. maybe not right after exercise, but, you know, I like the fact that, um, it's easier to walk upstairs. You know, we're just talking about exercise in general. Um, so it begins to shift from external in- to, to more internal things. Now, sometimes, that doesn't happen, um, but again, someone like myself or you know, exercise psychologist would, you know, encourage people to begin to look at those things and pay attention to those things that they may not be noticing uh, that are happening with the change that they're making. 
well, they start out just external reasons um, that they're internal um, changes that are going on as well. Yeah, I think this is just most common question I've gotten over the years. You know, we've done podcasting and YouTube and things for seven, eight years, and, and every day someone's asking me, like, "Man, Mike, you're you're so. How do you stay so motivated? How do you stay so disciplined? How do you go to the gym every day? How do you eat eat right every day?" And, and I don't have answers really. You know, like I I say that like I just build habits. Like it's not like I wake up, jump out of bed every day. Like yippee, I get to go to the gym. Like I'm not. I I've man, I lifted weights similar routine you know for 15 years i'm not that excited to lift weights but it's now it's just what i do because it's a foundation for where i want to go is that somewhere you know this habits build into this uh, like you said maybe getting started with an external motivation and maybe my external motivation was to be the next michael jordan and then eventually it just became a habit and i know it's good for me so i keep that habit right yeah, and so the you know so one theory is you know the more that you do it, then the more it becomes, as you said, you know, a habit. This is just uh, what I do, or begins to become a part of an identity for me. You know, I'm a, I'm an athlete. You know, um, I'm somebody who's in good shape, or um, you know, I like to eat uh, healthy, or think of myself as somebody who's healthy. So, um, so again, so the, that can change. Um, and this is, you know, one of the challenges, right, with with athletes who, again, when they stop playing at whatever level, it would be high school, they don't make their high school team, um, and then stop focusing on you know, exercise and getting health because they didn't get that, you know, that kind of reward that they mm-hmm. wanted. Um, and now we're trying to, you know, as adults, try to get them back into to doing that. But, um, but yeah, that, so, so, again, it, it, it depends. I had somebody ask me, just a couple of days ago, somebody that, that Mike and I um, uh, have dealt with in the past who set a big record, uh, that record's been surpassed. They had injuries, and um, and we're trying to come back. And I, I think that – and they never really came back. And I think that they, they fell out of that uh, image of themselves as being uh, a competitor, being a, a – a winner being a I don't know, champion is a crappy word because there's no championship for this stuff, but like a record holder. Um, and that I was asked like, what would it take to, to bring that person back? And I said, I have no idea. I can't begin to tell you really what, what would motivate that person to, to go through that, um, to that struggle again. And, um, this apropos of nothing, but I was just thinking about about that context. Like, how do you, how do you get it back? And I don't know. If you stop thinking of yourself in that way, you may not be able to to recover it. Yeah, is something like that necessarily unhealthy or, or not good? Because because I took basketball so serious my entire life, and, I, and again, because I have no knowledge on psychology and the sports world I, all I have is references to myself and that's why I keep bringing it up but you know I played basketball for 15 years a little bit of college hoped to play pro things didn't go my way I ended up transitioning into kind of strength and conditioning and powerlifting world but as I powerlifted and though I competed at it and I you know some would say competed at a pretty high level um, I never considered myself 
a power lifter, like you said, the identity thing. And so uh, with the discipline habits, with the whatever, I never had an identity. I had a little bit with basketball, um, you know, letting mm-hmm. go of that. But I, I, ne- I never even – I didn't care the same for powerlifting because in my head it's not a, a, as real of a sport because there's a million record holders, mm-hmm. there's PEDs, there's a million federations, there's no real league, there's nothing to it really. It's kind of a backyard type deal that my identity with it – so, you know, recently – uh, probably over the last two years, I've dealing with this injury, and my lifts have gone way down. My strength isn't there, my competitiveness isn't there, and I have no issues with it at all. Uh, the internet has more issues with me not being strong than I have issues with them being strong. You know, because again, to me, it's just like a habit. I woke up today, I went and squatted, I did a little cardio, and then I came to podcast, and I did that because it allows me to be healthy and allows my mind to work a little bit better, so I don't sound like an idiot talking to a microphone. Um, and that's just the routine I do to to live my life. The the way I like to live my life and hopefully get to where I want to go driving the Lamborghini with my own shoes podcasting. (laughs) Um, But but you're right. I think identity is that unhealthy or or is that a necessary evil for some people to reach the highest levels? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, you know, the athlete identity, whatever sport you're in, I mean, that's just going to form. I mean, Mm. the higher you go, I mean, because everybody else reinforces that around you. Yeah. And again, this is both the great and it can be the, the difficult part. Again, if we go back to athlete who's injured, right? They go to their hometown. Everybody's like, Oh, how's training going? I'll say they're Olympics. How's training going? What? Like, Oh, I'm not training. I'm like, what will happen? You know? Yeah. And so yeah. you get that one person, but you get that every single person you run into. Cause they all know you as the athlete in your hometown. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And so that identity is, you know, you can't get away from it. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, professionally, uh, you know, that's the basketball player, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of any other talents or skills, that's what you're known as. So it just gets so reinforced. I mean, you cannot not have that. Yeah. Um, the real question is, do you have other developed identities beyond just the athletic ad- identity? That's really what's so important, again, in, you know, in the long run, um, and again, it gets shaped over time. I mean, think about growing up, you know, in, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've seen this all the time, you know, even with Division One college football players. You know, some of them, um, you know, their, their uh, reading level may be like fifth or sixth grade mm. because everybody, no one really kind of said, hey, he really needs to focus on reading. Like, his reading level is not that good, but just pass him on to the next grade to the next grade to the next grade nobody really kind of forces them so that that athlete identity gets reinforced even you know not not explicitly just implicitly like mm-hmm. he kind of knows okay yes i'm moving on because i'm a football player right. that this really isn't that important so um because everybody else has reinforced that the only really so, example i have is as pros um but do you think social media helps multiple identities for those people um now that there's social media uh, you know, Russell Westbrook's one of my favorite point guards. All right, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, he would have just been the explosive basketball player in the NBA that dunks on everybody. But now, because I follow him on Twitter and Instagram, like I know he's really vocal. I know he's really into fashion. I know these different things about him or, or the Sacramento Kings starting point guard. I know he's really into video games and Call of Duty. I know he likes hip hop, whatever it might be. Do you think that helps in a way for the athlete's long-term maybe mental health? Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, Again, just expanding uh, beyond that so you can see 
beyond just the athlete as an athlete identity that they're a person. You know, a lot of the social movement um, of athletes, you know, we're starting to see yeah. uh, more of that, you know, in the past, you know, five, ten years. Um, and so we can – and, of course, you know, they're getting criticism for that too. Like just play basketball or right. just, yeah. just do your sport, you know. Um so, but yeah, that, no, I think that's a, that's a great point. I think, again, I think it can bo- go both ways, um, but it certainly allows them to, to grow beyond just their athlete identity. Yeah, because, I mean, stereotypically, you know, from the 70s, 80s, 90s, you play sports and either you retire and you get fat and no one ever hears from you or you play sports and become an announcer. And that's it. Yep. Like there's nothing else to it. And I'd imagine, again, we talked about, and I'm sure you might even have real data or there's got to be data somewhere uh, of uh, drug abuse after um, bankruptcy. uh, Yeah, depression, right? You Mm -hmm. don't know what you're doing. You spend your money on Lamborghinis trying to keep yourself happy or strippers or whatever it might be trying to keep this lifestyle up but you're no longer in the league um rather than now um i haven't seen it yet because i think that generation's still in the league for most sports but you know maybe 10 years from now you'll see these guys hopefully start other companies or a couple guys now i guess actually um they started podcast gilbert arenas um you know really good point guard known as the basketball guy just pre-social media but now you know he has a podcast i think with complex uh, baron davis some of these guys are getting with business or music or or podcast so maybe it is um long-term one of the benefits of social media as much as social media gets blasted in the public eye yeah again i think just more awareness of the need to develop beyond just the athlete identity um and then having those resources to be able to to grow that um again sometimes coaches uh, you know you can have coaches who you know reinforce that that you know they're more than just an athlete but again you know sometimes you have coaches who they don't want that because it they feel it's a distraction away from mm-hmm. you know their focus of being an athlete and you know making money for them, um, whether it be college or professional levels. Switching uh, away from identity and kind of back to discipline, is, is there a a way or a couple paths or a couple rules to follow to build more discipline in a certain area, or, or is it possible? I think that I've built discipline through sports, and I've allowed it to easily bleed into my other things, like. All right, I want to be better at shooting three pointers. I got to get a hundred, you know, makes up a day. That's simple to me. And so, if I want to get better at podcasting, I have to get a certain amount of hours of podcasting in a month. It's that simple for me. If I want to budget my food better, I have to spend, an, you know, an hour uh, cooking a day. I want to budget all my money better. I have to spend twenty minutes a day, like thinking about it or checking my bank or whatever. Right? It's that simple to me. And when I program for strength and conditioning, you you have you have a where you are, b where you want to go. And then you use all these tools or knowledge you have and you find the quickest path there. And that's how I do everything in my life. And so for me, um, I don't even think about the word discipline. I just think about where I am, where I want to go and how to get there in every aspect most efficiently. And I guess there's probably aspects of my life I'm not good at. But for me, they're not a problem yet. So I don't think about them (laughs) or or build a path there. Uh, And when those come up, they will. But for tons of people, I mean, you you talk to anybody, at least in America, right? We know there's an obesity epidemic. We know the simple things, eat better, move more. Everybody knows those basics. Eat better, move more, all be healthier, live a better life. Yet no one can maybe take that first dive in, or if they do, they're in the gym for January for two weeks and then stop. Um, Are are there some tips and tricks to get discipline in sport or everyday life? I wish everybody were like you. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was that simple for everybody. Um, 
you know, for some people, it, again, they're, they're wired that way where it's, it just, it's very simple. Um, but you know, for many others, it's, it's just, it's not, there's just too many other, um, you know, things that kind of pull their attention or emotions, mm. uh, affect their emotions. So, you know, interest is the, is the big thing, you know, so sport, you know, when somebody's in sports, you know, uh, and they go you know, up through high school, at least, you know, they have some degree of interest in it from a lot to, you know, mild, and it could be for various reasons. You know, I used to coach in high school and some kids would be on the team because their friends were on the team. You know, mm-hmm. you'd think, why aren't they going a lot? Well, because they're on the team, but it's not because they're motivated and they want to like, you know, be the best, be all state. It's because, you know, they want to hang out with their friends. It's a social uh, thing, yeah. Right. So, um, so again, it depends on what the interest is in, in the activity. Um, and then, you know, resources make a difference. Time can be a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if somebody's got uh, a variety of, you know, a handful of kids um, and wanting to spend time, you know, and that's a, that's a value. Um, so not only interest, but values become huge. You know, what, what is the value um, that somebody has? You know, do they value their, their health? And they may va- really value their health, but they may value, you know, family life above health. And so mm-hmm. they have to make this decision. So, um so it comes down, you know, to those interests and values, and then uh, the resources uh, that you have. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Where can people find you if people if you want people to find you? Well, we didn't actually go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I assume you mean work wise, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably uh, not address, but if yeah. you want, hey, you teach their own. <laughs> just you know, the, your car tag, just whatever you yeah, know. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my website's uh, drmattjohnson.com. Um, okay, sweet, sweet. Are, do you take uh, just you know uh, appointments from uh, people online? Do you do most of your stuff in person or? Um, so I, d- I do both. Um, I do uh, uh, majority face to face, but you know do some FaceTime, um, some phone consults depending on the location. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks so much for your time, man. We really appreciate having you. Yeah, good talking Thanks to you so guys. Much. And uh, and much thanks to uh, Jacob for connecting us. He's the best. We just love him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, good guy. All right. Well, thanks very much. It, it's not out of the realm of possibility that we will get, be in touch again if we get another one of these issues that uh, uh, falls into your wheelhouse. Yeah, and hopefully we can uh, cross paths in real life sometime, sure. my man. Yeah, sounds good. You guys are out in California, right? Yeah. yeah, Sacramento. Sacramento, okay, yeah. We'll let you uh, get on with your day, my man. I, I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, sounds good. All right, you guys take care. Have a good rest of your week. All right, Thank you, you, too. you too. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Okay, right. bye-bye. I am at the Jim McD on all social media. Mike is silent. Mike with two Ks. The show, 50% facts, where percent is a word. If you're enjoying the show, tell a friend and come back next week. We'll be joined by Omar Isoff.